Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've only got three games here for you guys. It's Thursday night right before the All-Star break. The big slate was last night where we also did super, super well. Uh, Feeling really good about those player props that we will have up for you today as well. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we're putting up there and use that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those bets you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go through this little three-game slate and then talk about our first game that we're going to talk about, the Clips and Suns. Yeah, not much line, uh, you know, props or anything up for this Bucks Bulls game. Minus eight, Milwaukee at Chicago. Uh, Chicago's been wonky, so we're staying away from that one. The, we are breaking down Wizards plus two and a half at the Wolves. Totals at round two thirty-five there, and then this game is a pick'em. Clippers plus one right now at the Suns. Uh, totals two twenty-three. The Clips opened as favorites a little bit, uh, but then Norman Powell ruled out. It's actually the first game he's missed in two months, and he's been very essential as their uh, third option alongside PG and Kawhi. So that gives me a little bit of pause. Otherwise, I would have been all about the clips in this spot. I think that what they did at the trade deadline was pretty underrated um, in terms of just like shipping out the old redundant point guards and bringing in some athleticism and some reliable scoring off the bench and Eric Gordon. And Gordon is part of the reason that I think you can still kind of go with them here, even with Powell out. I think he's going to soak up those minutes, and he's looked, he looked sharp. I mean, he looked fresh because he wasn't playing much at all with Houston and for good reason, and he's ready to contribute on a contender uh, and, and soak up those bench minutes, and Bones Highland also could, could get hot in that role. Uh, but now, yeah, the Clippers are going to truly embrace positionless basketball, no point guard on the roster at all. Uh, but that didn't hurt their offensive efficiency against, granted, a tired Warriors squad on a back-to-back. But, I mean, just incredible numbers in terms of 33-8 to assist-to-turnover ratio, uh, shooting 47% from deep. Kawhi went 7-for-9, had 33 points overall as that kind of point Kawhi role. And the defense is capable of being better um, in with those guys out there, but just still not very efficient at all. In fact, in their last five, they have a 121 defensive rating, a 122 offensive rating. So their games are averaging about 240 here. Um, And they, on the road here, 240 and 262 at Brooklyn and New York, two teams that are one of the slowest pace teams. I mean, Brooklyn without Kyrie, they got the Cam Thomas explosion. Uh, So that, that part, Contributed to it, sure, but it's it's an it's an alarming a number of points to look at when you see a total of then two twenty three is why I think maybe the over is more reliable than picking a winner in either one of these. And you look at the recent game log, and you might say, "Oh man, they've go- they're going way under." Um, both teams can d up. <clears throat> you know, uh, the Clips only scored ninety five in both meetings with the Suns this season. <clears throat> No PG and Kawhi for both for one of those. Kawhi was active and and not ready to play yet in Game Three. Played twenty minutes off the bench. He's obviously cooking now. In fact, I mean Kawhi and PG haven't played, <clears throat> didn't play in any of the four meetings last season right. as well. Uh, so yeah, for and and the Clips actually still won two of those, but definitely some numbers to indicate 
that their offense can go up. Um, and then on the Sun side, Devin Booker up to 29 minutes in the Kings game after it seemed he was on a 26-minute restriction. Maybe he plays around 30 here, final game before the break. He's not in the All-Star game, so he gets long layoff after this. Um, and their offense is just much, much better with him out there. 7.7 points per 100 possessions better. In fact, 9 points better per game. Uh, and, I mean, the, the pace is a concern, I guess. They are playing pretty slow. Both teams, but the, the the efficiency the Clippers are posting and then the inefficiency on the defensive end is why I think this will still go over. And the Suns, while they've gone under home or road here, uh, part of that is just where the total's at. But there is some encouragement at home that they're, they, they shoot much better from three, their pace is a little bit faster, and they just haven't had Booker for a lot of these home games. Uh, so now, I mean, they got got their guy back. And the Clips are going to be playing both of their guys at pretty much a full complement aside from Powell. I think we'll see enough scoring down the stretch. And uh, that's why I lean, I do lean Clips because I think Kawhi is, is a closer right now. Um, and I do like him in player props, maybe more than picking a winner in this one. But uh, I'm hoping that just the efficiency will continue to see down the stretch from all these great mid range players uh, gets over 233. <clears throat> Yeah, two two twenty three. You said yes. Yeah, you said two thirty three. That's a big under. That's a big under right there. Uh, two twenty three. Yeah, I, I mean, I like an over there as well. I, I just way more than I like uh, trying to pick who's going to win this game. See, I, I kind of lean Phoenix to be honest in terms of the winner because I also like what they did at the deadline even though what they did was get the one maybe the best scoring forward of all time uh he's just not playing right now but just as important is that in that time frame chris paul has come back devin booker has come back deandre ayton is playing healthy and like really well also um and you know they they're getting some really good contributions from guys like Josh Okoji uh, coming in and stepping up in the last three games and being a really, really solid athletic uh, wing player for them that, that they need. They, they need, obviously, they've lost. They just lost that in Mikael Bridges, who uh, dropped 45 for the Nets last night. What an unfair trade getting Mikael Bridges for Kevin Durant like that. Uh, but no, I mean, either way, like uh, in this one, for the pace... Look, the Clips go over on the road. Um, I think they got faster and younger by subtraction and the addition of of Terrence Mann getting more minutes as well. I also do like the fact that Eric Gordon's in there uh, as a second unit scorer to to complement what they didn't have. Um, what they were they were relying on on things like John Wall and and at times when Luke Kennard was healthy, those guys who are not there anymore. Uh, this is a much more wide open team at this point, and I think you can expect them to continue to to play at the the style. Let's say maybe it's still a pretty slow pace, um, but when they have their guys out there and are you know all all of these guys out there like they did last game, um, then yeah, you're talking about 134, 124 win over the Dubs, who obviously are not the Suns at home, and the Suns have been going under at home, which scares you a bit because of their defense mostly. I mean, they're they're actually scoring a few more points at home than they are on the road. Uh, but that defense is just incredible at home as well. And they just don't seem to bring it with them when they go out onto the road. So uh, it's also not necessarily the same defensive team that we've seen uh, before, you know, they let go of guys. They got rid of guys like Mikhail Bridges at that point in time. Um, and, you know, in, in this one, for, for the way that you try to stop the Clippers and what they do, I think I, I love what they did as well. I, I, I'm, 
it's opposing forces coming together at the right time where it's going to be a really solid game, I think. Um, and I do think the scoring will be what prevails, but I love what both these teams did enough that w- with the clips and the way that they're going to be able to, to score points. Now there's just a little bit more life in this offense over the course of the last, you know, four or five, uh, five games where they went from like basically 113 offensive rating, uh, you know, in the previous weeks to uh, 117 and a half. Right. And, and they're playing still at the same like 97, 98 pace. Um, but like I said, going over at a really high clip on the road this year, uh, 20 and 12 to the over uh, going over the totals by about six and a half points as well, where they just seem to sort of open things up a bit more. Um, and obviously the defense is a little bit worse uh, on the road as well, because it's been pretty crazy good at home for the Clippers this season. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good situation for an over on a three-night slate where neither of us want to figure out which of these really surging teams right now, both going up, are going to win by a point or two. I, I don't want to have to figure that out. It's flipped from minus one to plus two to minus one to plus one. Like, it's just staying right around, hovering a pick em, uh, because I do think that's a fair spread. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, Norman Powell's out sucks for the Clippers. But like I said, they've got Terrence Mann. They've got Eric Gordon back in there now. Um, and by the way, Plum Dogs, actually having a center on your backup unit. Don't sleep on that. Uh, ask the uh, the Nuggets about that who picked up Thomas Bryant for a damn reason as well. Uh, you need to have a, uh, some some backup center minutes to be able to avoid getting out rebounded uh, and just hemorrhaging points when that second unit comes out, and that's what the Clips are going to be able to do now. Yeah, and he's a reason. I mean, Aiton has struggled in his last three against the Clips. Booker has been off and on. He's had some big games and some inefficient games, and I, I worry a little bit about CP3 being able to carve up a team that is like all six five and over and can also keep him in front of them. So that's is why I lean towards the Clippers. I just think defensively, they got a lot better with these lineup combinations. I mean, you could have just played Terrence man in general, (laughs) Tyron Lou, but um, I mean, yeah, I should have mentioned the road home splits uh, 122 defensive ratings since, since the new year started on the road for the Clippers. So yeah, that is why you see things like a pace of under 95 possessions against the Warriors and still a total of, what, 258. Uh, it, it's it's something you don't really see that often. And, nor- yeah, normally you're scared by the pace. Like, well, I don't know, it could be a slow game. We only get in the low hundreds. But it do- it hasn't mattered just because they're, they're getting buckets. They rarely turn the ball over. And then defensively, there are still some holes. Uh, and and you, can, you can bet on CP3 finding a way to exploit some of those. And... As we see Book ascend here in his third game back from injury, uh, you know, kind of vintage Book, 13 for 20 from the floor, didn't attempt a three, and more points than minutes played against a really poor Kings defense, though, is why I I guess you're a little reluctant to say that the Suns are are totally back and that CP3 is going to carve everybody up again. But I think they will do enough at home to – to be in this game and, and match points down the stretch is, is why yeah, the over seems good. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm, I'm banking on, on CP three tonight. I, I do think that he's going to be able to at least get the assist at the, t- at the rate that he has been uh, double digits in most of the games he's played in the last couple of weeks in assists. Um, obviously that crazy 19 assist explosion the other night where we picked him in player props as well uh, might see a repeat of that tonight. And, and with that, I do think, you know, as good as this Clippers team can be on defense, it, it's not the same vintage Kawhi lock somebody up, make you, you know, scared of him being on the floor type of 
uh, of style that we've seen from from him in the past. And I, I think he knows he's got to leave something in the tank. They do give up more points on the road. They score more points on the road. They give up more assists on the road. I'm more scared of Tyron Lue being able to figure out a scheme to, to bottle up CP3, but I just don't think his guys are going to bring it to that level on that side of the ball tonight. I do think both these teams are interested in putting up a lot of points, especially with Booker back, who unlocks something in CP3, the ability to just find somebody who you know is going to make a bucket if you give him the ball in any kind of right position in space. Um, and that's going to continue to be lethal. Plus, DeAndre Ayton has been rolling really nicely off of uh, that pick and roll with CP3 as well. His points obviously are, are, have been up in the last few weeks as well, which is why you see his prop all the way at like 20 and a half. Uh, they expect some points from the big man tonight as well. So the Wizards are plus two and a half at Wolves. Uh, totals around 235. Hasn't moved much. And then the other game we look at, Clips and a pick'em at the Suns. Totals been bet down a little bit to 223. And we would take the over there with two very efficient offensive teams now. That Booker's back. Here, I'm definitely leaning under. And it might be scary because if you look at the game log, uh, the Wizards are scoring 130 and winning six straight over the Wolves, including 142 this season at home <clears throat> with Carol Anthony Towns still in the lineup with a pace of 102. Um <clears throat> And with, you know, when the Wolves were still really struggling to find their footing with the, with those lineups there with Gobert and Towns. And this is also an, a, a, an exercise in, like, taking a skewed recent sample size, I think. The Wizards have the best offensive rating in the league over their last four. Who have they played? The Blazers, Pacers, Warriors, and Hornets for terrible defenses. The Wolves have maybe the worst defensive rating in the league over their last four. Who have they played? They played the Nuggets without Gobert after beating the Nuggets uh, with Gobert. They they uh, play, they they actually beat the Jazz without Gobert, but gave up plenty of points. And then they played Ja, who went off, and Kairuka, who went off uh, in a combined sense there. And so last four on the road, 128 defensive rating. Their last four at home before that, 106 defensive rating. And that is against very good offenses. Sacramento twice, Memphis, Golden State in there. Uh, in general, home road splits are pretty notable in terms of, I mean, very notable actually with the defensive rating of 111 at home versus 121 on the road. Under in six of their last 10 home games, 18 and 14 on the season. And they're on two days rest here, which is actually a trend of over, six and two to the over in that spot. But uh, I just don't think that the Wizards are going to be able to maintain this pace here. They have been good. They finally got their big, biggish three, medium-sized three back in the lineup with Kuz and, and Beal playing, and it, it looked great against Portland, and, and Zinger has been rolling, uh, pretty reliable playing. But I think they kind of run into a tough matchup here with Jaden McDaniels, Jalen Noel, and Gobert. Now the runway cleared for them to just play a lot of minutes um, with Russell gone and with Cat still on the shelf. Mike Conley might be a bit of a defensive liability, but he's going to be matched up against a non, uh, basically a non-scorer, Monty Morris, with the Wizards don't really score from the point guard position. <clears throat> um, there's a bit of a revenge factor, given how they've struggled against the Wiz recently. There's definitely a get-right factor after this rough road trip. And it's, it's just, how do the Wolves win? They With Gobert, they've won with defense, and, and, not, and you know, depending on Ant to score almost, you know, uh, an extremely high percentage of their points. Without D'Lo in six games now, their pace is much slower. 
the the defensive rating is is actually worse without Cat or D'Lo. I don't know if I'm buying into that. <clears throat> the offense has actually been more efficient as well. But yeah, to me, it's just that now it's like a Rudy Gobert defense and an Anthony Edwards offense and the pace is slower. And if, if these games are played at a slower pace, I don't think we'll see the same ridiculous scores we saw <clears throat> when the Wizards and Wolves have met in recent seasons. And that's why all I'm saying is, yeah, they've scored 130 a game, but the last three in Minnesota, <clears throat> when the Wolves were playing with this crazy pace, were 107 pace. The Wolves were the biggest under team, I mean, over team in the league at that point. Now they're one of the biggest under teams, especially when they're at home. All fair. Um, yeah, I mean, things are things are skewed by by the fact that they were on the road, and, and that's where things are just different for them. I will say that the Zards score a bit more on the road um, than they do at home overall on the season. I mean, what we've what they've been doing is obviously against bad teams, but it's it's also on the road. To be honest with you, I mean, they play the Nets uh, in their their so that you know they've had two in the on the road uh, here against the 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 defenseless Warriors, the defenseless Trailblazers, who didn't have Jeremy Grant or anybody to to, to defend anywhere on the, on the floor then. And Kuz went off in his game back from being out for a bit. Um, and then the games before that, like you said, Hornets and Pacers. But then you go back to when they played on the road against the Nets at the beginning of February, just like a week and a half ago. Uh, 248 had scored in that game. Obviously, against the Spurs, you don't worry about it too much when they score 127. Um, but putting up 113 against the Pelly. I mean, I, I think there's reason to believe in the, the Zard on the road right now in this situation where you have Beal and Kuzma back who don't uh, you know, cannibalize each other necessarily in any way. Like Kuz's usage rate drops a little bit, not even drops because it's still at 26 and a half percent with Beal. It just goes up to 29 and a half percent when Beal's not out there. So it's not like he's not shooting or getting his when, when Beal's out there and the two of them combined for like 60 last game um, that they just played against those Blazers. So, I believe in them on the road, uh, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I know that the the uh, the Timberwolves at home have been a lot better um, over the course of the last like 15 games or so. I mean, they're they're nine and six overall. And then you look at what they've done at home. I mean, they, they held those nuggies to, to 98 points. Obviously, nobody was in that game. Um, and then, you know, against the dubs, I guess, you know, go, keeping them to 114 uh, is a decent, you know, uh, look. And then even against the Kings, I think that's really what was the sample size that we looked at. And we went, oh, they played the Kings. They kept that game. Everyone thought that game was going to be at in the 245, 250s. Uh, and both those Kings back-to-backs that were in Minnesota were, were held to, you know, under 230 or what, what have you. So you kind of felt like, oh, wait, maybe this is a defensive team. But I would just caution against that because I do think there's still reason to believe that, that you know, the team that uh, – it's not even really about necessarily uh, being able to to defend the paint. They do that well. Obviously, they have Rudy. They don't get defensive rebounds still. Uh, they were pretty much dead last for a while, but now they're 25th. Like, they still don't get boards on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know that their recent acquisitions and loss of McDaniels and, and companies is going to be helpful for that necessarily. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that there's... There's ways for the Wizards to score that don't require them getting the ball down low. And that is really where they're, they continue to be vulnerable, obviously, the Timberwolves. And that's what I caution against an under in this one, just because I do think, you know, while there, it's been a little bit of a, a contrast in terms of the, the, the T-Wolves at, at home and on the road, I think this is a game where 
the, the the Wizards have shown they don't need the pace. They're shooting lights out with that true shooting percentage up all the way in the top five now as well. Um, and with Kuz back, uh, I think he's still, you know, completing his tear. Uh, obviously had a really good game against them last time as well and, and filling up the stats all around like 23, 8, and 9 uh, in that game. So I think there's a Wizards team that's sharing the ball really well. High assist percentage. It, it would scare me to take it under. Like you said, I am not, I am the faint of heart uh, in this case and would not feel as qual- as good about going under uh, 234. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, these two teams scare me in terms of their variance, and I, I couldn't really have a strong feeling about who's going to win. I mean, the Wolves on paper just don't seem like they have the offense to hang with anybody uh, after this move, but yeah. they, they, they find a way at home. And I, 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 yeah, I mean, the Wizards, now that they actually have their three, they, I could see them putting up a lot of points and just continuing this trend of being able to exploit uh, that Wolves defense. Although, you know, we only have a sample size of one game with the Wolves as Rudy Gobert in the middle. Yeah. And Porzingis had kind of the best his best game of the season in that spot. Cat, um, yeah. you know, only played about 20-some-odd minutes, and, and Gobert was a big minus in there as well. It's just like they were still really searching for answers. So, I mean, there are numbers to indicate that the – the Wizards go under 16 and 8 as road dogs here. Uh, they go under with a rest disadvantage versus 13 and 3 with a rest advantage. And they're only on one day off versus the Wolves have more time off here. So there's there's some stuff, but I, I do think it'll be kind of scary. I mean, this is this number is almost exactly what the the Wizards are averaging in their last seven here. Um, and they've had Beal and Kuz in and out of the lineup in those seven. And so now they've got everybody and there's definitely a chance both those guys get cooking and we go over, yeah. but three games late. Look, this is, this is our take for this game. And uh, yeah, right. if you, if you don't like it, then follow us on the clips and sons pick. Yeah. yeah follow us there. I think we also feel pretty good uh, about that. Um, uh, about these player props tonight as well. I will say, yeah, the, the three man lineup there with uh, Porzingis, Beal and Kuz when they actually play together, which hasn't been very much this season. Um, but if you look at the last week and those three are on the floor, it's an offensive rating of like 132. Uh, so you got to feel pretty good about that, with them being able to score. Playing cupcake team. So we'll see if the if the, the Timberwolves bring the defense that has helped them. Be, they're, they're like... 15 and nine in their last 26, 24 games, whatever, right? Like, so they're, they become a, a much better team. They're just also much different now. And we'll see how much time it takes for them to gel if they can. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, thanks for jinxing me. Now, uh, Kawhi, better better come through. Um, taking over on 24.5 points. It's 23.5 a lot of spots, but with terrible juice. Uh, FanDuel giving you one more point. And you are getting positive odds on the 5.5 rebounds. I think both probably hit here. 
at the Suns um, on the road. I mean, especially in competitive games, you can count on Kawhi. Uh, he's averaging 29 points per game his last eight roadies, playing 38 minutes per game. And that's a lot more. I mean, that's almost four more minutes than he's playing at home in that same span. So you're seeing the points go up, even though the efficiency might be slightly lower. Um, and he's also, you know, he rested for five days before that last game <clears throat> and came out against the Warriors and was just lights out. 12 for 17 from the floor, 7 for 9 from 3 and for 33 points. Kind of playing that that point Kawhi role now because the Clippers literally don't have a point guard. So he's initiating more offense and he can just get his shot, get to his spots whenever he wants. So he's not on two days rest here necessarily but he had five days rest before that one so i'm looking at his game log when he gets that rest and it's really the minutes that are encouraging i mean 29 points in 38 minutes 24 in 38 minutes versus denver they own the clips 36 in 38 minutes 33 in 40 minutes and then a rough game at milwaukee where we did call the under uh but Kawhi, yeah, 17 11 rebounds and five assists so I, I think he'll continue to get those peripheral stats if he's playing more of this point guard role. Um, the Suns do limit assists, though. I'm not I'm not going to be bullish on that. I, I just think he'll score enough down the stretch because this is a pick em game, and we do like the over. We do like it to be clutch time, and that means kind of Kawhi and CP, Book, whatever, um, you know, having that back and forth in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Sometimes we, we, we got mad at Kawhi like a week ago for, for picking him in a game that he just like didn't come out. I, I don't like having to like figure out if Kawhi is going to bring it or not, to be honest. But I mean, this is a big game uh, tonight against the Suns, um, obviously division game as well. And, and I think it's uh, important that the uh, the Clips continue their run. And I think it's important the Suns continue their their surge as well. They both are, need seating and et cetera. So, I mean, there's reason to believe the Stars will be out tonight uh, in this one. So I'm picking the other star on the other side. Tell me if you've heard this before from two nights ago when we took cp3 to get a ton of assists he got 19 of them um maybe he could shell out a few of those and use them tonight um because we're going back to the well on this one it's it's more assists i know ty Lu and this defense is big ty Lu is a very very good defensive coach a very good scheme artist as well knows chris paul very well played against chris paul actually for a bit um but uh cp3 with a double double is plus 110 so on DraftKings, i gotta continue to, to to feel good about that um the nine and a half assists is minus 120 the best place to find it which is why you might as well take the double double if you're going to take the assists like we are tonight um and, and the 24 and a half points and assists which is where it was last game as well um feels good because of the fact that i mean but he put up 17 in the last one i think he's been he's been averaging about 15 in his last uh five games or so so i mean he likes playing against the clips too you know what i mean like I, he used to play for them his last four versus them he's got 13 points and 12 assists in 34 and a half minutes if you kind of look closely at, at how he used to play against them you know when he when he got to the suns especially the first six games against them he was dropping 25 a game in 10 assists per game that was a couple seasons ago when he was still scoring a lot more from that mid-range and now you know in his last four overall he's dropped down to 15 points a game but 12 assists in those same 33 minutes um phoenix playing at the pace we talked about all that stuff in the game video why we like this game to go over a bit more um like phoenix in that la in their last five playing up to about 100 pace still 
diming up like you know they would third and in the third highest assist percentage so uh clippers have been allowing the eighth most uh, assist per game over their last five as well so i mean there's there's opportunity i don't think the clips are playing the same level of defense especially now that uh especially with norman powell out tonight as well i think you can expect them to get uh, uh, the points to be a bit more available here's the thing though those assists here's have been really thing. spread out uh i mean i look at like the heliocentric guys like i mean luca didn't play Against the Clips, I think, but yeah, there's there hasn't been any guy who like got double digit assists on his own against the Clips in recent meetings. So I am a little concerned. I was I would, I tailed you very much on that that CP3 pick against the Kings, and boy, did he come through basically in the first half. Uh, all sorts of player performance doubles, double double, twelve plus assists in the win. They all hit Hanson payout. I'm just a little reluctant to put down as many units in this spot because yeah, T T Lou and and just all the length the Clippers have to throw at him and just get the ball out of his hands and be like, yeah, somebody else can, can initiate the offense. Just, we're not letting you do it. Um, that, that being said, I mean, slightly plus odds for him to get 10 dimes and 10 points, I think is, is a very fine bet. I just wouldn't go minus 120 for the 10 dimes. Agreed. Um, Okay, last two game, last two picks here from that Wolves Wizards game, and I like Rudy Gobert again, another guy who we hit with two nights ago. Just the rebounds, probably. I don't know how reliable his scoring is going to be. Although fourteen and a half points isn't isn't terrible. He's averaging fourteen and a half and twelve and a half rebounds his last five against the Wiz. Also two blocks per game. And if you do want some plus odds, plus one thirty five for two blocks for Rudy. And the Wiz happened to be giving up the most blocks per game to centers in their last 15 games. I mean, how much variance is involved there? But that that is where they're at. And they're also giving up nearly 15 rebounds to centers in the last 30. And the last time these teams met, I mean, we talk about it in the game video for like uh, the entire time. It's just like an unsustainable hot shooting from the Wiz. It's not the same Wolves team at this point. Rudy only had seven rebounds because the Wiz dropped 142 and didn't miss. But in general, I mean, he gets 11 and a half rebounds per game, whether it's home, whether it's way at home. He's a plus 44 on the season versus minus 65 and playing four minutes fewer per game. So if you think this will be a close game, as the line indicates, then he should be playing more minutes. I mean, now it is very much him and Ant out there anchoring this team on both ends. No cat at this time as as they go back up against the Wiz. So I think he'll be out there to get 12-plus boards, which, you know, you can get better odds if you want to juke it up one more there. Uh, and maybe, you know, probably another double-double now that Mike his buddy Mike Conley's out there feeding him in the spots where he can actually dunk it. Yeah, that's that's fair, his buddy Mike Conley. It's true. Um, it's the only guy who's ever passed to him in the NBA. Uh, but yeah, I actually looked for him. So yeah, maybe he'll get out there and play well with uh, with Rudy. But the ten and a half boards, um, I think, is, is pretty fair. The Wiz not great at rebounding. I mean, they've been playing a lot more Gafford and Porzingis at the same time, uh, which doesn't help. But like, it's fine. It's Rudy Gobert. It's ten and a half boards, and um, what should be a a little bit of a faster paced game. Even if the, the, the Wiz don't play super fast, um, I think that there's still going to be some efficient offense uh, and, and the uh, the offensive rebounds for Rudy could be there as well. So 10 and a half is too, is too few. Um, I'm not as comfortable with this one. I'm taking it over in Kuzma. I like it because I've, I've got 
I'm hoping I'm banking on our game theory working out that there being a lot of points in this game. Well, I'm sorry. That's my game theory. You're a little bit more worried about the over on that one. Um, I, I think you prefer maybe, maybe an under, but um, I still think there's an opportunity for Kuz to get the points and uh, the threes. I, I do think the rebounds and assists have been something that he's been upping a lot. Um, so the 32 and a half points, rebounds and assists is still a viable bet. Um, but the two and a half threes is the best odds there at, at the plus one twelve, and And we know he's going to be reigning threes. I mentioned in that game video that, uh, he doesn't lose his usage rate uh, or stop chucking up shots just because Bradley Beal's out there, uh, and he will be tonight. But, you know, Minnesota, I know we talk about their skewed defense, uh, the, the the numbers being a little bit skewed on that defense because they played a really, some really good teams in their last five, and they haven't been at home for very many of those. I still think they're liable to give up some, some, some uh, points, uh, not – Maybe, you know, the not from the three-point line where they're actually limiting three-pointers a bit, but that's because they're giving up such a high field goal percentage as well in general are the uh, the Timberwolves that giving up the fifth most free throw attempts. We know they don't get defensive rebounds. Not that Kuz is necessarily going to be crashing the offensive boards that much, but um, the, the, the 20, what is it, 22 and a half points for Kuz as well. One above his average with Brad Beal in there, um, so it's 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 right on the margin. It's not my favorite bet in, of the of the night, but to be honest, like I got to go back to Terrence Mann, and I just went, went with Terrence Mann and Chris Paul as my two favorite plays a couple of nights ago, and it hit. I'm going I, Terrence Mann. I like even more than Chris Paul tonight. Like I don't know why I wouldn't just say it. So I'm gonna make sure I say it. I'm gonna tweet it out later. Um, he's still at nine and a half points, dude. I, what do you want from me? He averages eleven and a half points a game when or now twelve and a half when he's playing without Reggie Jackson, as I said a couple of nights ago. Norman Powell is also out when Norman Powell and Reggie Jackson are out 13 and a half points a game and he's at nine and a half um so I, I just I gotta feel better about him getting that he's only at three and a half boards on FanDuel it's only minus 122 for him to get the three and a half boards um but I mean he's one of the best of, uh, rebounding guards in the league also averaging five boards a game uh when Reggie Jackson's not in because he's getting 32 minutes a game which is what he's going to get again he only needed 27 the other night Eric Gordon might come in eat a little bit of that up but like I said Norman Powell not out there it's uh, six man of the year candidate Norman Powell, who won't be taking up those minutes from Terrence Mann. So everything of everything I just said, Terrence Mann is still my favorite bet tonight. <laughs> yeah, producer Dan just uh, bookmarked the 12-minute <laughs> spot when we actually get to the good player props pick uh, at the end here. <laughs> Terrence Mann, 100% on board with that. I'm very skeptical about the Kuzma pick. I did like the threes or points more than the total the total package. Uh, also just searched Eric Gordon under those same lines with Powell out. 11 and a half points, even money, plus money on two threes for Eric Gordon. I'm going to be hitting that uh, as soon as we're done here because I think he's going to be gunning off the bench. He is invigorated to be on a contender here. Uh, one and a half rebounds, by the way, but that's 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 neither here nor there. Yeah. Points and threes, Igor off the bench. Book it. Also love the team man pick. Love it. Don't take the don't take the uh the one and a half rebounds. That's like a point that's like a one and a half yards over under for, for Tom Brady. Like is he gonna fall forwards or backwards when he gets sacked? Like I don't want to bet on that. But either way, uh some pretty good props tonight. Uh hope you stayed till the end so you can get our favorite pick of the night, Terrence Mann. Uh but that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We are gonna be bringing you some all-star stuff as well and those futures when we get back uh and, and give you sort of an update on where we're at with all the awards and things of that nature. So until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.